This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, I apologize not to you, the listener, if any noise is being made right now. I, I started it, started the show without properly adjusting my microphone. This is a great start, Tom. And we're too far in to restart it now, so. We go live to tape. That's the, the coolest thing about this, Cheryl. Yeah, we got the big flashing live sign. Yeah, and this is actually going out live. A guy uh, standing outside the door just shushing everybody. Yeah, everybody walking And then by. pointing at the live sign. Can't you idiots see? It says on air. On air is the sign I was thinking of, <laughs> not live. Uh, how are you doing this week? Uh, Tom, I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, you picked a great way, uh, week to be ready for it, Tim, because we're talking about, I was going to say we're talking to one of the kings of rock. Uh, I didn't tell you, Mick Jagger's been in that closet all day. Oh, my God. He's got to be hot Mick Jagger would not suffer our <laughs> presence for more than five seconds. I think he'd, he'd hide in a closet for like a good gag, though. Mm, he does seem like he does seem like he, he's a prankster. Yeah. But he's also like seemed like a guy that like doesn't have a good sense of humor, yeah. right? Like so, like he would pull a prank, but like he could dish it out, but he can't take it. Yeah, but also like I think that his idea of what would be a funny prank would be like, oh, I replaced his uh, prawns with <laughs> scallops. Uh, I was reading. I mean, we shouldn't be getting into things so quickly, but I was reading about. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Keith Richard. Uh, Richards? Richard. Richards. Okay. Richards. You've really done your research for this episode. I well, could tell. The, the episode's not about Keith's Richards. It's about um, uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, but it was about Keith Richards saying, like, uh, like that Mick Jagger's like a, what, the, what was the word he used? A uh, snob. He's like, he's just like a snob. And they were like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know, sometimes we'll like be getting ready to like go on tour and like the first day and like we'll all be on our private jet and he gets on and doesn't say hi to any of us. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what an asshole. Say hi. Say hi to the guys you've known say for hi to Keith Richards. 50 years. <laughs> oh, sorry, Keith. I didn't recognize you there. I thought you were a houseplant. I mean... You don't know what the dynamic is. They don't know each other they, anymore. They don't know each other. Anymore. They They've know all each moved other. On. They, they know each other uh, each other better than anyone. Mm. You're kind of like that, Tom. What do you mean? See, like if you come to a, like if we're at the same party uh-huh. and we see each other, you're not like, hey, Tim. You're just like, oh, now Tim's here. Well, that's why everybody's, everybody else at the party is like, oh, boy, it's just like Jagger and Richards. Yeah, classic. <laughs> classic. Then they're like, is it Richard or Richards? <laughs> but it is Jaggers, right? Mick Jaggers? How are you doing this week, Tom? Uh, Tim, I'm doing good despite having uh, a big disappointment happen to me this week. Oh, no. Tim, are you aware of a little scam, a little fraud being perpetuated by the LaCroix seltzer company? Now, why is it LaCroix? Shouldn't it be LaCroix? LaCroix? Because I'm not French, Tim. All right. You're lucky I'm- Then why is it not LaCroix? It could be. Okay. Or just LaCroix X. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. 
That's right. something a uh, certain uh, billionaire mogul could get behind. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe they're they're looking to get uh, their company bought and destroyed. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, the Lacroix situation that to which you were referring. Well, I mean, I don't know why you would be. It's very particular to me, and it is that the the other day I was at the supermarket. And Tim, as as you may or may not know, I now have one of these uh, drink mate seltzer makers. Just reminding me, I've got to order more CO two. That's just my life. CO two. Gotta gotta get the cartridges. <laughs> it is weird though, like making your own seltzer at home. Um, just because you're like, I talk I, about snob. Oh, this guy <laughs> makes his own seltzer at home. Got a regular Jagger over here. Uh. It just makes me very aware of like what I make it going like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I have to put this, ca- this you know, uh, gas inside this water? Why you don't I- have to. You get the water. I know, is but it tastes p- perfectly potable without the the gas in it. Yeah, I know it's portable too. I took it, have it in a cup, and bring it anywhere I want. <laughs> Why do they have that topic on uh, Jeopardy? potent portables <laughs> all right what were you talking about um so anyway these these fraudsters they sell a flavor now Who, i thought all, LaCroix. yeah for your no no just, just actual okay. seltzer so i don't buy seltzer at the store anymore usually right. that's but, a fool's game exactly um but this these poor saps out there yeah, I'm trying to buy a house trying to <laughs> save money by making my own seltzer instead of throwing it all away at the store um, the, they sell a, a flavor of LaCroix seltzer now called cola. Cola. And I thought all my prayers oh, have been answered. Oh my God. They, this a is... cola flavored seltzer. I stopped drinking soda because it's bad for you. But if seltzer can Isn't taste like soda, soda. just cola flavored seltzer? Uh, what is Cola. Cola is a nut. It's a type of uh, nut. So that doesn't imply carbonation. No. Okay. Uh, Which is why Coca-Cola can sometimes be flat and it's still considered (laughs) Coca-Cola. Right, okay. (laughs) But if you take all the syrup out of it, no way, Jose. Now now that's water you got there. Seltzer. Oh, no, no, not if it's gone flat. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. If you uh, had like some kind of like distillery to uh, or desalination, desalinization is that what it's called when you get the the water out of the seawater? Yeah, I think so. And do that for soda. I can see this country being in a situation where we have to figure that out someday. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I definitely think at some point our soda supply will vastly um, out. Uh, yeah, somebody's gonna make number themselves. Our- yeah. <laughs> Somebody's gonna make themselves a billionaire. <laughs> they figure out the machine that can turn soda into water. Uh, um, but I bought this cola. Tim <sighs> doesn't have any sweetness to it. <laughs> it tastes awful. Ugh. Do you it, have any here? I I Did no. You dump I, it all down the drain. No, I just drank the last one. Oh, okay. I, so you continue. You, you tasted it awful. Yeah. Would well, you buy I a twelve pack? It, uh, an eight pack. Okay, eight pack. What kind of world are we living in? It, it's what pack? they had available. I know. I'm not criticizing <laughs> you. Uh-huh. It's a six pack or a twelve pack, guys. Uh, eight pack. Yeah. And why well, not a nine right, pack? Right in between. Well, nine pack. That's crazy. Come on. How many different SKUs you expect them to carry? 
But uh, I, I can get behind an eight pack. I, hell, I was glad I didn't buy it. I would have bought a 12 pack if they had it. And I would have been stuck with four more cans yeah. of this shit. But then old Timmy could have gotten a... Uh, gotten a taste? Yeah. Um, if there was a way to just like take any sweetness out of soda, if somebody needs to invent that machine one day for some reason... Uh, that's what this would taste well, like. Well, LaCroix has perfected that, apparently. Yeah, maybe they have access to this proprietary technology. Um, I got so desperate one night, I, I put a couple of teaspoons of sugar in it. <laughs> Tom, just tell you, how much did this eight-pack cost? Uh, I think it was like $8. Okay. I just throw it out. Let, let, me, let me also let you know a little secret. By the end, I think I started liking it. <laughs> I think I came around on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I actually kind of like it. All right. Well, there you I go. I think I might go pick up another box tonight. <laughs> Is the flavor strong? No, it's like, you know, the the same strength as a LaCroix flavor. Yeah. So I guess it's that. It's the combination of it not being uh, sweet in any way and not having uh, a strong flavor to it. Because I also bought for my seltzer machine, like uh, soda syrup. And I was making uh, my own uh, Pepsi One for a little bit. Is that what it's called now? No, Pepsi Zero. Pepsi Zero Sugar. (laughs) They went from Pepsi One to Pepsi Zero. (laughs) Yeah, Pepsi Zero Sugar. And um, uh, that, if you had to be so exact with the syrup, if you had like a little bit less syrup than was what they told you, the whole thing tasted off. And if you put in too much, it didn't taste good either. How are you putting this in? They're not like pods or something? No, no. It's like a, a little bottle and then it's like got, it, it's just like a uh, like a laundry detergent bottle where you mm. take the cap off and then the cap's got a line you oh. fill it up to. So just do that. Just That's do it what correctly. I was doing. Just do it correctly, Tom, but, and but the soda will come out fine. The, it was made for a different type of seltzer system than I had. Uh, which, well, that's which, a, you can't go off brand with the seltzer systems, Tom. It was like... A, a few hundred grams or you milliliters off. So you gotta, you gotta work within the system. Tom. I'm not gonna buy a new seltzer machine just so I could use this. Pepsi buy the stuff. appropriate sp- uh, syrup. They don't make it for my seltzer machine. It's mm. fine. I just had to do some manual calculations and measurements. <laughs> you were up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Perfecting the yeah, soda. I apologize you if I sound your, a little tired. Up. Eureka! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, she, it's the forty-fifth batch. She had uh, well, she had been woken up multiple times by uh, various explosions. <laughs> That's actually true, Tim. Twice when I've used this seltzer maker, it's like exploded late at night when I'm like I'm tired and I'm like I should just go to bed. I'm not really paying attention. I'm like, oh, I'll have some seltzer. I don't screw it in all the way, and I press the button, which injects. Wait, the you're making se- late night seltzer? Yeah, why not? That's for warm milk, Tom. That's all <laughs> you should be drinking after I mean, nine in, p.m. In fairness, I was making these late night seltzers, and twice catastrophe struck. Yeah. Uh, press the button, and the thing wasn't attached all the way, so it put all the the CO2 into the bottle, but then the bottle rocketed off the machine. And all the CO2 went up, uh, all the water uh, everywhere. Huge mess. The biggest mess you could imagine. Luckily, just, this happened to you twice. You didn't yeah. learn your lesson the first time. <laughs> well, it happened like within enough time had passed. I forgot. Five minutes of each other. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just water and CO2. The CO2 goes into the air, plants eat it, breathe it in, the water dries. 
yeah, you're doing your your part. Yeah, it is too much to just leave though. I, I still have to like mop up everything. <laughs> Sucked, and especially when I'm you didn't like, try to suck the CO two out of the air with a no, vacuum. and I'm doing this at like two o'clock in the morning, like an idiot. I should just go to bed. Yeah, what? <laughs> making seltzer at two o'clock in the morning? You got to reevaluate your life. Tom. What? It's fine to drink seltzer late at night. Were you some Victorian uh, <laughs> ill fine. child? No, it's, oh, it's, you'll be up all night with the bubbles in your stomach. <laughs> It's fine to drink it, but like you don't it's need fine to, be, to drink it, but not make it. Yeah, you don't need to be go to bed. It's but two o'clock in the morning, it, you psycho. If I want something and I can make it, why don't I make it? It's not that hard to make it. Stop wanting it at two a.m. <laughs> go to bed. Time to it's wake up. It's not hard to make it. It's just that it's hard to sometimes pay enough attention to everything and not have it explode. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're too tired mm-hmm. to properly operate yeah. a seltzer making machine mm-hmm. go to bed you don't need to make that seltzer nah, make the seltzer in the morning well, morning seltzer were you nuts <laughs> tim i could carbonate anything with this thing Did i tell you that yeah you i think <laughs> many many times on this show. so far the only other thing i've carbonated in it besides seltzer is soda <laughs> You've you've made extra extra carbonated soda. Yeah. Have you tried carbonating hot coffee? You you can't carbonate hot things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the I mean, I bet you could. Yeah. But like, they just don't want what happened to you at two o'clock in the morning. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a big part of it. But I think it's because like these these bottles, you know, if they get hot, then it like uh, Uh, warps them. Yeah, it could ruin the the integrity of it. Let me ask you this: Mm -hmm. the bottles have expiration dates. Have you? Oh, well, okay. Because like they they wear out after a certain amount of time. Have you carbonated iced coffee? No, and I keep meaning to. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a reason why. Like why you that's don't see not that often? Packaged. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've had carbonated iced coffee. I feel like, but but not. Uh, yeah, it's not like a common thing. Have you? Yeah. This is one of your stories about how you, uh, oh, I got dough from a pizza place and made pizza at home. No, I'm oh, sh- I had carbonated <laughs> iced coffee. I don't remember any details about it, though. No, like out of a can from, uh, Tim, oh, yeah, you know yeah. me, if I saw yeah. something in a okay. fridge and was like, mm-hmm. oh, carbonated coffee, I'll try that. I take that back. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I don't remember it being anything to write home about. Yeah. Now, the Coca-Cola they used to make for the morning, that was good. Uh, the morning. Co- yeah, I think it was called Coke Black. Mm. Yeah, and it was like coffee flavored, or just like, yeah. or was it just Coca Cola that they were just like, "Hey, I love when uh, marketing teams uh, decide that something's okay now, and it's just <laughs> like, hey, this is uh, soda in the morning's cool now. Yeah. It's a thing. We put it in a can, and it says morning. So. Hey, guess what? It's all right to have four meals. Come to Taco Bell <laughs> yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning. There are these dishwa- there's this dishwashing detergent commercial where mm-hmm. it's like, you know what you should do? Even if there's one dish in your dishwasher, <laughs> do run the, the dishwasher every single night. <laughs> yeah. It's better for everybody. Yeah, and, it's like, and, and use one of our pods yeah. every time you do it. But like they, they act like, and like, me, like growing up, mm-hmm. being brain poisoned by all this stuff, yeah. I'm like, 
Well, the TV said it. Like they, they must have done some new studies. <laughs> yeah, they don't just want me to buy more detergent. Yeah, I mean, they're the experts. They, they must give have done the research and using then, yeah. a bunch of water and electricity, <laughs> which don't mix, by the way. No, <laughs> did you figure that out at two a.m. on that? Out the yeah. Uh, Tim, we're talking this week about a little man with a lot of promise. Yeah, a lovable lad from Liverpool. <laughs> no, he's from, uh, where is he from? Uh, England. <laughs> uh, he's from one of, one of those other places in England you've heard of. Oxford uh, or? Kent. Kent. Dartford, Kent. Dartford, yeah. Um, it, it, it might be a misread. I think it's Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> The most um, famous man from Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. We, Mick. of course, are talking about Mike Jagger. Mike, Tim, he goes by Mick now. I know, but that's ridiculous. This guy, <laughs> this is audacious from the from the get-go. Okay, yeah. His name is Michael Philip Jagger. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I want to sound uh, more exotic. Yeah, uh, I, I have it in my notes here. I'm going to go by Mick. No, you can't just do that. Um, Mick is not short for for Michael. I think it can be, but it's just not normally uh, used. Oh yeah, here it is. As a student at the London School of Economics, a nice boy named Mike London Jagger. London School of Economics. First of all, <laughs> yeah. come on, big red flag here. Uh, changes. No, this guy's cool. Well, I mean, he's a billionaire now, so that degree. Uh, actually, I don't know if he graduated, but um. Mike Jagger changes his name to conjure up a little faux Irish salt of the earth cred. Right. Uh, but it, Faux salt of the earth. Faux Irish salt of the earth. He is yeah. salt of the earth, but he's oh, faux yeah. Irish. Uh, but his, his family still calls him Mike. But I don't know if that, I don't know like if his, well, I guess his kids probably call him dad. Does his great grandchild <laughs> call him uh, Mike? Uh, probably. I mean, his great grandchild, I assume, is a full-grown man at this point. Uh, well, Tim, uh, to to that point, I don't know if I mentioned this. He turned eighty years old this week. Eighty years young. That's why we're celebrating. Him. And he's still strutting around like an asshole. <laughs> he is. Um, are you a Stones guy? Um, are you a Beatles or Stones guy? <sighs> Uh, I don't, I don't have like a horse in the race, I guess. Like they're, they're Rolling Stone songs that I really like, but, uh. Salt of the Earth. Is that one of their songs? Yeah. It's like, let's hear it for the salt of the earth. What about that song? Let's hear it for the boys. That's not him, but, uh. Is that the the Pointer Sisters? No. Who is that? AJ was obsessed with that song. It's a good song. Yeah, for the boy. It's a uh, it's uh Denise Williams. Oh, okay. Anyway, we're not talking about Denise Williams. That's next we week. We should be. Yeah, that's <laughs> she's turning 80 next week. <laughs> we're talking about Mick Jagger. Um Tim, do you think it's crazy that this man's 80 years old? No. Cuz I mean, he's, he's been... been old my whole life. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh but uh, but then I think like uh cuz this kind of happened with like David Bowie when David Bowie died. It was like, oh shit, these guys can die, huh? Because uh, it's like, yeah, oh, these people were already like the biggest names in music by the time we were born, uh, and stayed, you know, about as relevant as you can within all this. And 
You know the thing that sucks about these uh, '60s guys, these bands. All right, so, so we're talking about men in their '80s. There's these bands that came out in the '60s, and they sound all like cool and stuff. <laughs> uh huh. And they got. Uh, and they're like, "Hey, man, get this! I smoke grass." Yeah, they smoke grass. And they neck in I parking have lots. Premarital sex. Um. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if they ever went that far. Yeah, um, I don't want. I don't want to smear these guys. <laughs> uh. And like the music sounds cool, and then the '70s happen, and the ones that stay together do a lot more drugs, and they get like, you know, a lot more like, uh, hey, cock rocking, right? Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they, they, the so wait, they do a lot more drugs, and they get a lot more, hey, cock rocking. You know what I mean? No, no. I, you obviously don't know what I mean. Okay, so like in the '60s, they they all have like their like. They're blues. Yeah, and like they, more melodic. And then they have like their psychedelic periods uh-huh. and they have like their countryish periods. Yeah. And then like the 70s come. This happened to the kinks too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it starts going like, and we're rock and rock. Like that kind of shit. Like, I don't know. I guess it's specific to the Rolling Stones. They get like. You don't like their 70s stuff. I like it's just it's got this swagger to it, which uh-huh. is just like all this sexual energy and stuff, like uh-huh. singing about having sex and their sexual prowess and stuff. And then in the eighties, but this is the thing, which is also funny because like looking back at that stuff, it's like hey, these guys were in their thirties. Yeah, like uh, they they probably were like I can't I can't make my wiener hard anymore. I got your thirties. Like, <laughs> that happens to some men in their thirties, especially Mick these Jagger. men. Yeah, he's Mick Jagger. running around like an asshole to this day. Yeah, but maybe he couldn't get a boner, no, so he had gotta, to. He, it's when you see him strutting around on stage these days. It's like it's all right, boner. Dude, you can't do that. You can't do the Viagra before the show. Yeah, come on. Well, I was the saying people, the people in the front row are getting hit by that thing. Whatever. So there's this sound in the '60s, and it's somewhat uh-huh. carried through through the '70s. But then all these guys in the '80s, yeah, like turned to like all the like the music that they made was so terrible, and it was like if you had the technology to make like drums sound <laughs> like that and like use these types of synthesizers in the '60s, you would have used those. And it would have sounded so bad, and all those yeah. cool albums would have like sucked so bad. So like, you didn't have good taste. You weren't good. You were just <laughs> limited. They didn't have all this technology. Well, I think in the eighties, a lot of these guys, I think especially people like like them, the the sixties rockers that in the eighties are. 40 40 plus right uh or pushing 40 at least in in other people's cases that's when they're like oh shit like all this new music's coming out we're gonna be left behind the eurythmics are eating my lunch <laughs> exactly uh so they're like we we gotta we gotta uh catch up we gotta do it too and uh I don't know, you know, they buy drum machines that they don't really know how to use. Yeah, but they have people in the studio. Yeah, but they have people. They know drummers, too. Charlie Watts. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying they they get stuff and they're not, they they get the fancy new high-tech stuff, but they don't know how to do anything interesting with it uh, because it's just not what they're used to, but they use it anyway. And then, yeah, they put out stuff that sounds like shit years later. Because uh, it, like it shit just sounds at the time, and only I was well, calling them out <laughs> as five years old. <laughs> You're like this new Stones album sounds like shit. They should <laughs> knock it off with all the synths. Uh, 
So you're not a Stones guy? Uh, no, I'm not into any old bands. <laughs> you want to know uh, something cool? I'm only into the new bands. You want to you know the coolest answer I ever gave? What's that? Uh, I was being interviewed for the New York Post. Wow. For an old band that I was in. Uh-huh. They were doing a little <laughs> I feature. I were going to say, it's being interviewed for an old man I saw <laughs> fall onto the subway tracks. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a different, that was years later. Uh-huh. Um, and they asked, like, because, like, it was, uh, I was being a mouthpiece for the band, because, like, everybody else in the band was a freaking moron. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, don't talk to, and uh, not AJ, AJ was cool. <laughs> and Billy. <laughs> Um, that's it. Um, and uh, they were like Beatles or Stones. You want to know how cool I was? What'd you say? I said, Radiohead. I said the Kinks. Whoa! Yeah, did I you, didn't even. Did they, they fall off their chair? They were like, I don't think this interview is printable. I think yeah. we'll get so many letters. Stop the presses. Yeah, no, sorry. They said that hours later <laughs> yeah. after they had already started running yeah. them. Somebody realized their yeah. mistake. Uh wow. Yeah. Blown away. So I so I shouldn't even ask if you're a Stones guy. Yeah, You'll just like, tell me you're into the Kinks. I like them all. You don't like any old bands? Well, no, you only I like, you only like new bands? I mean, I, only I like think you like exclusively new. old bands, but like <laughs> I only like I only like brand new bands. I don't like bands from before I was alive. Uh-huh. Not that I don't like them. It's just that I I never got like I never Not went, relevant to you. Yeah, I just like never went through a phase. Like I know a lot of people our age in like high school went through a phase of getting like real into like sixties and seventies bands. Mm. Like uh and I just I just never uh did that really. Just went home and piddled your pud. Yeah, I just went home and piddled my pud, played Mortal Kombat <laughs> instead. This episode is sponsored by Sakara. Tom, mm-hmm. if there's one thing that you and I have in common, yeah, we both like meals. We do, especially when it's easy. Yeah, we like eating food mm-hmm. in uh, meal form. Yeah. So guess what? If you're like us, and if you're looking for meals that are ready to eat, delivered to your door, and actually help you look and feel your best, Sakara is the answer. And it's so much more than just a meal delivery program. Sakara is a nutrition program that's like having a nutritionist and chef in one. Yeah. It's like if I were in your house, I'm a nutritionist. You're not neither of those things. Their meals are expertly designed to support your summer wellness goals from weight management to clearer skin and boosted energy. And guess what? They're what? also delicious. They are. Tom, I'm not just saying that. We've no. tried these things. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. Yeah. They bring expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door, Sakara does. They're science-backed, ready-to-eat meals, deliver results you can see and feel from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash guide or enter code guide at checkout. That's Sakara S A K A R A dot com slash guide to get twenty percent off your first order. Sakara dot com slash guide. So what are you waiting for? And we're back with more uh more Mick Jagger. Yeah. Talk the, the talk. He's not here. He's not here. Um I do want to give an update. He did not 
graduate from the London School of Economics. He I dropped out he to join the Rolling Stones yeah. after meeting Keith Richards on a train platform. You know, I I was reading about that anecdote. Um and you think you you're calling it into question? A little bit, just because um apparently they cuz like it's just for it's it's just told as this like uh like uh oh they you know Mick was carrying a couple of blues records and Keith was on his way to art college. Mick was on his way to uh, LSE. And they, they start chatting when Keith sees the Muddy Waters and Chuck Berry albums. And like and the rest is history. But they went to school together. They knew each other. They went to like uh, a grade school and high school together. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I heard. Right? I heard they met on a train platform. Did yeah. they reconnect? Yeah, they reconnected. That's, that's what it was. Uh, and... and that that's why to me it's like when when you hear that initial story you think like oh man so like if if one of them were late or one like the rolling stones would have just never happened it's like yeah it probably it might have still happened they might have just run into each other the next day at the train and like yeah and they they did know each other and that's also like that's anything yeah uh, not anything. Yeah, but yeah you ever seen that movie things. Sliding Doors, Tom? Yeah, I've seen Gwyneth, the movie Sliding Gwyneth Doors. Gwyneth Paltrow's life was wildly different, whether or not the doors slid or not. I didn't see it. <laughs> Somebody missed a train, right? I, th- yeah. I think Gwyneth Paltrow missed the train. Yeah, I think that, that that, those were the titular yeah. sliding doors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless, they, they met each other, but but it was mostly uh, uh, Brian Jones that uh that like put the band together and then they kicked him out of the band and then he died died in a pool Tom. yeah drowned in a pool uh but apparently he was like a it is interesting he like uh reading some of these old timers when they asked him about like you know stuff that's happened so long ago uh and and even this was like 20 years ago i think somebody asked Mick Jagger, like did you feel bad i i think the implication being like did you feel bad that like he killed himself because you kicked him out of the band? And he was like, and that's not how they asked it, but yeah. he was like, and this is like 30 plus years. Yeah, after. yeah. Yeah. And he was like, of course I felt bad that he died, but he's like, I don't regret kicking him out of the band. He was an asshole. Like, yeah. uh, he, he wanted to go in a completely different direction than the rest of us. And like, he got mad because like, you know, our management agreed with us and, and obviously what they were doing worked. It's not like, oh, if only... Ah, they were better with him in it. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying, like, if he were calling all the shots... Yeah. Well, they... then they wouldn't uh, Tom mm-hmm. turned to that cock rock. <laughs> they might not. The aforementioned maybe, cock rock Maybe the they would have made a turn towards cock rock even earlier. That's not... That wasn't Brian Jones's style. You don't know. He didn't live long enough. He wasn't around in the 80s. Maybe he would have been like, uh, yeah. He would have been insufferable in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might have been really No, he would, he would have gone to like beyond uh, the depths of... of cock uh, rock? I don't think it would be cock rock. I think he would like get so experimental. <laughs> yeah, they would just be like, like unlistenable. And, and like, you know, when like old people get experimental, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You're just fiddling around. Yeah. You know when old people get experimental <laughs> as if that's a thing? 
No, it is. Because sometimes like uh, I feel like old performers that have been around for a while that have never gotten experimental, like in their 60s, they're like, I'm going to get experimental. It's like, now you waited too long to to get experimental. This is no good. I saw Elvis Costello a few months ago at Uh a really cool show, like an intimate show. And like it was like part of a career retrospective. Everyone was nude, and well, uh, sitting on intimate. everybody was sitting on somebody else's lap. Wow, that, yeah, that's, that's about intimate. as intimate yeah. as it gets. Um, and caressing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing sexual from my, about from it. From my but. understanding of biology, that's as intimate as it gets. <laughs> um, and you know, in the middle of like acoustic guitar songs and piano, he like went over to like a l- synthesizer with like a loop pedal mm-hmm. and like. Just played like this, oh, like, yeah. and it was like, hey, you got Johnny yeah. Greenwood over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and it was like a reimagining of a song from like 1981. And it's like, mm, yeah, you're too old to be doing this. Like, look, if, if I you're... appreciate your open mindedness here, right. but like, please don't do this. Yeah, it, it's if... scary. <laughs> it was just making scary noises, like haunted house noises for like Remind five minutes. Tim, I mean, how old is uh, Elvis Costello now? I'm gonna say 74. Okay, yeah, so he's up there too. Tim, it's very possible he was just trying to turn something off and all that happened. <laughs> he did look panicked. <laughs> oh no, I, I apologize to Declan McManus, um, age 68. 68, all right. Yeah. That That's uh, Elvis Costello's real name? Yeah, Tom, didn't you know? You do, I bet you didn't even know Mick Jagger's thought, name was Mike Jagger. I thought Elvis Costello was Lou Costello's son this whole time. <laughs> Uh, back to Mick Jagger. Back to Mick Jagger. Um, uh, he became a great grandfather ten years ago. Yeah, and and I was trying to wrap my head around this. So when he was seventy, yes. But I was trying to like do the math, or not? I guess do the math, but figure this out because he had a son last decade, like twenty sixteen or something. All these guys, you yeah, know, De Niro's the same thing. They're having yeah, yeah. They, and or is it Pacino is Yeah, is Pacino. It? Well and Pacino They're having kids now, but they also have grandkids. It's like yeah. you guys can't live like this. This isn't fair. <laughs> I mean, in Pacino's defense, it sounds like he was from, you know, like the tabloids I've read. He was like legitimately like, like terrified about all this happening that it was like, I had only like slept with his girl. I don't know if it was even really like his girlfriend, but he like only slept with her. It sounds like uh, maybe once or twice and like just kind of assume like I'm too old for anything to work. Yeah. It's one thing I know about Pacino. Also, like, he's just like a hunched over little little guy. Oh now. yeah, yeah. He's a good dad. He'll be around for a long time. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say the thing I I was having trouble wrapping my, my son was born when I was thirty nine, and I was like, <laughs> oh no, this is fucked up. <laughs> I won't be I won't be around to, to for his fifth birthday at this rate. Um, the so Mick Jagger has a, a son, a less than ten year old son, mm-hmm. who is a great great uncle already. I think is is the way it works out. Yeah, yeah. Or a great uncle. No, what I read was great great uncle, which I was like, great great uncle. Is there such thing as a grand uncle? That's a great uncle. Okay. Yeah, and that's what they're makes it confusing. Okay, but they're not because then there's a great grandfather. 
Right. You're right. There should be a grand uncle and a grand aunt. Right. I think that's what makes it confusing because he's really a great grand uncle. Right. But that doesn't make sense because Mick's only a great grandfather. He's not a great great grandfather, I don't think. I mean, you're telling me this stuff. I, like I told you, a lot. There, uh, there's so much about there's a the lot terminology of around family trees that I don't understand. And once a year, it's explained to me <laughs> how to do second cousins and <laughs> uh-huh. once removed. Uh-huh. And I understand it. It's like, oh, okay, so yeah, one of them is up and <laughs> one of them is over, right? Like right. that's how it works on the tree. But I never understand how it's applied. Like five minutes after, I do understand it. Uh, once removed is just like if if it's your first cousin once removed, that means either one of your parents' first cousin or one of your kids' first cousin. They're once removed, one one generation removed. Okay, is so basically going what up that the means. Tree. Yeah. And but then second and third second goes is across your, the tree. Yeah, is okay. your uh, like your parents' cousins' kids. I feel like this is stupid that we're talking about this. The week after we completely failed trying to explain alternate side of the street parking, <laughs> and now we're like, oh, and let's now explain how- another concept that like would benefit from a visual element, <laughs> and that we have like a loose grasp <laughs> of. Um, I have no grasp of it. So, yeah, Mick's got eight kids from five different women. Only been married once, though. Married and divorced once. To whom? Some lady. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was like, I, I think in the 70s. I mean, it was also like, like, I, you know, while he was married, he was constantly cheating on her. And no. <laughs> Damn, it's true. Isn't it crazy that, uh, I mean, I guess it's not crazy. It makes a lot of sense. But that, uh, like, uh, Mick Jagger is with uh, that woman, Jerry Hall, for That's a long what time. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm just making sure I got all the things. And then uh, she's like, okay, I'm going to move on to uh, Rupert, Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess if you're used to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And, you're, and maybe she was like, this lifestyle isn't cutting it for me anymore. I need to uh, step up a, a rank. Uh, you got old Rupert. Yeah. He's a handsome man. <laughs> yeah, there are reasons to hang out with Rupert Murdoch that have nothing to do with this money. Yeah. Uh, a pleasant fellow. Yeah, it's charming. Looks great. Charming, witty guy. Um, but uh, uh, Charlie Watt. Watt? Watts. Charlie Watt. Watts. Yeah. Charlie Watts uh, got married before the Rolling Stones started, married until uh, he died to, yeah. the, to the same woman. A good man, and he always wore a suit. He did. Always, well, not when he was asleep. Mm, no, because debated. there's that story about him. Uh, Mick Jagger uh, calling him up and being like, I need my drummer here. And Charlie getting out of bed, shaving, putting his suit on, and then going and punching Mick Jagger in the face. Yeah. And, and Do we think that story is true? Uh, it, it's cited in so many places. I know. Yeah. I, I imagine it might be like embellished. Like, uh, yeah, you might not have actually like punched him in the face. But but the, the what did he say? Like, I'm not your drummer. You're my singer. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He also, uh, rest in peace, Charlie mm-hmm. Watts. Yeah. Uh, 
he would uh when he hit the snare drum on the back beats mm-hmm. he wouldn't he'd he wouldn't hit the hi hat <laughs> explain that again it is a weird like if you're keeping time on the uh-huh. hi hat like you know most drummers would be like he'd be like like he'd yeah, stop. So he would stop. And so the 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 people were like, Oh what well, can he not do two things at once? It's like no, the, the snare drum cuts through more that way. Yeah. Also he couldn't play uh Also he couldn't do two things at once. Yeah. <laughs> he died because he tried to chew gum while playing uh playing the drums. Walking on the street. <laughs> um all right. More Mick Jagger talk, Tim. Uh, I already mentioned, uh, yeah, the, the, he's got a great uncle for a kid, a great, great <laughs> uncle for a kid, which is wild stuff. How many kids does he have? Eight, eight children. Eight children. Uh, I, and the, yeah, the youngest was born, uh, December 8th, 2016 to his girlfriend, American ballerina, Melanie Hamrick. Um, but I don't know how old. I, I believe he like started having kids in the seventies. So, yeah, I mean, if he's already yeah, a, great a great grandfather, grandfather yeah. How do you feel about all this strutting around on the stage, <laughs> Tim? What were you, uh, a concerned mom in nineteen sixty? No, I think like everybody's like, look at him. He looks great, and he's doing like. First of all, he looks like a monster, <laughs> right? Uh, he, a, he looks like, and then he's he's he lurching looks, around on stage, looks, and everybody's like, "Oh, so sexy!" It's like, no, it's just, he's he, a, it's a freak show. He looks like a like a Muppet monster. Yeah, like not oh, yeah, a scary yeah, monster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like a funny monster. Um, and I mean, he's always but people are like, oh man, the way he's moving his hips, man, that's sexy. It's like that's gross. I don't, I don't know if people are saying, oh, that's sexy. <laughs> they are. Tim, who? Freaking like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I never hear the end of it. <laughs> no, you hear, you hear like, hey, Mick Jagger's. <laughs> The lady on the news says it. (laughs) No, in like reviews of like when the Rolling Stones go back on Uh tour, you always hear this shit. Don't act like you don't hear like, oh, look at Mick. He's strutting around the stage, sexy as ever. (laughs) I know they say he's, they talk about him strutting around and like, especially for his age, like that being crazy that he can like. No, they act like it's like not just for his age. Like he's, he's as good as freaking, uh, uh, who's a young person. (laughs) He's as good as one of those young people. I haven't heard people. He's graded on a curve and everybody acts like he's not graded on a curve. He's an old man Mm -hmm. and he's, and he, and he, and he like does that thing that, that where he like, uh, he puts one hand behind his back kind of sassy and Uh leans forward and like, uh, does this thing and they're like, oh my God, can you believe the charisma this guy has on stage? It's it's like, yeah, yeah. He moves around pretty well for an 80-year-old, but like the things that he's doing are embarrassing up there. <laughs> if that were your great-grandfather up there doing that, you would be humiliated. Yeah, there's some 10-year-old that's like, Ugh, great-grandpappy. Great-grandpappy Mike, it's really uh, embarrassing me up there. Uh, I don't, because like I said, I just don't think people are saying, 
Uh, he's sexy. I think you it's more... are absolutely wrong, Tom. I don't hang out with the weird crew that I... you do. Then, Tom, I hang out with a bunch of old ladies. <laughs> these, these old ladies, they can't. Get I can't believe of I'm getting pushed back on this from you. Um, I I've only heard people remark about like it's it's crazy that he can still move like that, but right. and I don't think anybody is pretending like he's not being graded on a curve. Oh, they are. They're still like, oh, still the the greatest front man in rock and roll, even at eighty years old. No, he's not. Then who who is? Freaking Elvis Costello. He can't even <laughs> turn his his amp off. Yeah, to 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 mix. Uh, <laughs> Dude, credit. Was this at the end of the show that all this stuff was happening with the loop pedal? <laughs> no, it's right in the middle. It's actually kind of cool. The rest of the band had left the stage. No, the was, house that's lights the thing. Had it was a, it was a solo show, Tom. It's uh-huh. just him on stage, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm gonna move over here." This is whole synth setup, and all the lights turned down low. It was it was scary. So, like, uh, the oh man, if I were him, the first thing I would have done is. Uh, Play a few bars of Phantom of the Opera when dun, I got over. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, he, he close. He sat down and went, do 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 Nice. Did yeah. he really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would have been cool, too. Uh, this That's is practically why Phantom this of the Opera. That's why I don't go to Moorish concerts. <laughs> I want to hear some scary songs. Can you name five Rolling Stones songs, Tom? Uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Okay, there you go. Gimme Shelter. All right. Uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Okay. Paint It Black, Mother's Little Helper. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Anybody See My Baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Off of their Voodoo Lounge album. No, that or was that Road to Babylon? Bridges to Bridges Babylon. Bridges to Babylon. Jesus Christ. No, it was, it was Voodoo Lounge. Okay. It is funny because uh, that that song famously they they gave writing credit to Katie Lang mm-hmm. for uh, Constant Craving, uh, which is a banger of a song too. I like that you say famously. We like nobody, <laughs> even the biggest Rolling Stones fans. That's like a footnote. It just happened to be hit at a time when we were watching MTV a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, and MTV well, Kurt, Kurt just, Loader. Uh, I, I, he interrupted Beavis and Butthead <laughs> to tell us about it. Um, but it is funny because like I, that happens so much now, mm. and uh, it was like a scandal. Yeah, at the time. But apparently, it was their decision. I mean, it was their decision when it was like, uh, well, they, the, she can uh, sue. Well, here's what Keith Richards said in his autobiography, Life. My daughter Angela and a friend were at Redlands, which is like some fucking castle he lives in. <laughs> and I was playing the record, uh, the new record, uh, and uh, they start singing this totally different song over it. They were listening to Katie Lang's Constant Craving. It was Angela and her friend that recognized it. The two gave Lang credit along with her co-writer Mink. Lang said she was completely honored and flattered by receiving the songwriting credit. <laughs> Tom, and I got to hand it to you. Mm-hmm. That was not on Voodoo Lounge. That was on Bridges to Babylon. I told you it was on Road to Babylon. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not the name of the album, Tom. Um, we were both wrong. We were both equally wrong. No, no that doesn't sound like we were equally wrong. Uh, but at least according to him, uh, I could also see like uh, Keith Richards having that story. And it being like, yeah, that was like five years after that we had already told them, like, hey, so they're suing us. We're going to just give them red and credit. Yeah. 
That was a cool video, though, right? There yeah, was a giant every, woman everybody was around. gigantic in it. It was yeah. black and white. Yeah. Even the Rolling Stones themselves were gigantic in it. Hey, they're larger-than-life personalities, huh? Well, that was also, like, in the 90s, which I feel like that was... You laughed at me for saying cock rock. Uh-huh. They literally, in the 70s, had a giant inflatable penis on the on the stage with them. Uh, did it play rock and roll music? Well, they were playing rock and roll music around it. I don't know if that makes a cock rock, unless the cock's also involved in playing it. Um, No, I was going to say, I feel like this was the time in the 90s when bands like the Rolling Stones were kind of making their, like, last-ditch effort to be, like, uh, pop-culturally relevant. I mean, of course, they're, like, always... But I'm saying, like, their new music being relevant, you know? In the in the nineties, yeah, like still making like big budget music videos. Oh yeah, and, and you can tell they were trying to be relevant because you know who uh, there were several producers on anybody seen my baby, but one of them or the Dust Brothers uh-huh. were were, the, oh, nice. were produced that album. And like nineteen ninety seven, you go to the Dust Brothers because you want to be relevant. Yeah. But that's not, so. How is that different than like you know what what people like them were doing in the eighties, uh, buying some synths and and making bad music? Um, I just think that it proves that like the aesthetic mm-hmm. of their sixties stuff, yeah, was only due to the limitations of technology, and they would have screwed it up if they had other toys to play. Oh, with. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, I don't think they were like, hey, this sound is pretty good. It's like, this is the sound these instruments make, and there are no other instruments that we <laughs> that, that are at our disposal. So, like, this is the sound that we're going with. Yeah, yeah, and it's not necessarily that they were like, no, this we want it yeah. to be raw and real. Yeah, except for, like, Brian Jones, who at the time was like, let's put a marimba and, like, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever on this. Yeah, because um, yeah, they never... Like, I feel like, you know, in, in our in our day, like Radiohead went through, uh, you know, a transition of getting like real into electronic music, but they like kept at it <laughs> and then like kind of went back, kind of like melded what they used to do with what they what the new stuff they were doing in later albums where I feel like bands like the Rolling Stones is like, yeah, they fucked around with synths in the 80s, and then they were like, ah, forget it. <laughs> like, they never went back to trying to do anything, you yeah. know, like uh, interesting or cutting edge. They have had albums, though, since oh, yeah, that yeah. 90s run, right? But I'm saying that I think that was, like, one of the, the last times that, that they were trying to, like, I don't know, hit number one or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, speaking of strutting around on, on, uh, on stage, Mm -hmm. Mick Jagger had freaking heart surgery. Yeah. In 2019, maybe? Yeah. 2017. Yeah, not that long ago. Uh, and, okay, hold on. Mm -hmm. 2019. Yes. He had heart valve replacement surgery. Mm -hmm. They postponed their tour, but then months later- he was strutting around all sexy, like uh, <laughs> slinking around on the stage. Like nothing had ever happened. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, look, if it were you or I, and it's mm-hmm. like we had surgery, even major surgery, doing what Mick Jagger does on stage, 
They would have been like unremarkable, even at our <laughs> ages, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I Tim, I mean, how long are I feel like Stones concerts are probably pretty long at this point, right? Maybe. I don't know. They're all old. Yeah, but are like, they still touring now? I don't know if they're currently touring, but I don't think they've like written off like ever going on tour again. Yeah, well, they're, I mean, one of them is 80. Yeah. Well, one of them's dead. Uh, I mean, uh, multiple of them are dead. Yeah, exactly. Technically. Uh, No, and and, uh, Keith Richards is also 80 or about to turn 80. Uh, But Keith is in this, Keith, he's indestructible. Um, you know what's funny? I was not not to talk How too much. How we just revere these <laughs> drug addicts? <laughs> not not to, <laughs> we're just shitty to everybody around them. Not not to not to talk too much about Keith, but I was reading about. Uh, do you remember? Like, because I feel like this is a big story. In 2006, he fell out of a coconut tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, apparently, he didn't fall. Out. It wasn't a coconut tree. Yeah. It, it was just a branch of a dead tree. But um, he had to like undergo cranial surgery at New Zealand Hospital. Like it was bad. Like I think, and like yeah, he fell out of a tree, and yeah. he was uh, <laughs> in his sixties. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like landed on his head. But I just remember it being like the biggest punchline, and then like reading about it, it's like, oh, it sounds like this was like major surgery he had to have. Yeah, he shouldn't have fallen out of a tree and been a famous guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's more like. Yeah, you know, when you're in your What was he 60s, doing up there? Yeah, don't don't go climbing up uh, mm. trees, coconut or otherwise. Yeah. Um I do find it like I was reading a lot about um their relationship between uh Mick and Keith. Yeah, it's uh fraught. Yeah, love hate relationship. Yeah. But one of the things um that that's I mean, there there's a bunch of things there are crazy. These people were just awful to each other. Um, they're awful to everybody. <laughs> There is a They're m- bad people. There is a movie, uh, this movie performance in 1970. The movie begins with uh, Mick and Anita. Uh, there's Anita Pallenberg, uh, who was uh, dating uh, Keith at the time. The movie begins with Mick and Anita in the heat of passion. And as actors, these two are extremely devoted to the spirit of cinema verte. So they make the sex extra realistic by... To have be having sex. Uh, the day they film these scenes on the other side of town, her boyfriend Keith Richards is in an understandably dark mood. The song he writes that day, "Give Me Shelter." Wow. But it's like, first off, you're not supposed to have sex with people in movies unless it's a they porno. in the freaking seventies <laughs> all the time. I know. <laughs> um, but but. This is like your buddy's girlfriend. Don't have sex with. Oh, who's the prudish grandma now? <laughs> well, you guys are going to be at the premiere, and he's uh, going to be like, "Oh, I can't wait to see uh, this movie you and my girlfriend made together." <laughs> what the hell? He's going to be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I think he knew because he wrote "Give Me Shelter." He's also upset about it. Yeah, but, but upset, but he's like, hey, "Nothing I can do about it." It's the seventies. People want to. <laughs> Have sex in a movie? He knew that, like, I'll have sex with somebody important to him at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, I think. Um, oh, and uh, uh, yeah, before <laughs> sex with his great grandchild one day, <laughs> before um, 
I guess Keith was with this woman, uh, Anita Pallenberg. She was uh, involved with Brian Jones. Um, and Keith and her became a couple because they all went on vacation to Morocco and Brian Jones uh, had to cancel going because he didn't feel well. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, she was just like, oh, I guess I'll start dating Keith. You've instead. seen Almost Famous. Uh, These women were time. traded for cases of beer. Yeah. Uh, when I saw women the, were not treated well. <laughs> when I saw this uh, Back to the Future, the musical, uh, the lead playing Marty Mick at, Jagger. No, no, I played the lead in the Almost Famous musical, uh. the short-lived uh, musical. Uh, the uh, weird guy sitting next to us told us that while we were uh, uh, trying to get him to stop talking to us during but, the show. No, before the show, uh. he's just talking a lot about broadway that i found interesting <laughs> but but it was just the weirdest thing we sat down and he's like hi and we we're like hi and he's like have you seen the was he there alone yeah okay and he was like have you seen the film this is based on and like i thought he was joking because it's like because yeah, he was cool. just like marty mcfly no but like half the audience was and like the yeah. thing's still in previews it's like yeah of course that's why we're here and uh, we were like, yeah, have you? And he's like, I saw it once when it came out. <laughs> it's like, like 40 years ago. He's you like saw a it? Broadway guy. Yeah, he's a Broadway guy. Tom, friend of the show, Marika. Mm-hmm. She'll go see anything on yeah, Broadway. Yeah, but she is aware of like other entertainment. Yeah, I know. But that, that, like, Tom, not everybody. This guy's only seen Back to the Future once. In in f- almost forty years, yeah, he's not you. He doesn't. He doesn't own a replica hoverboard that yeah. he paid a hundred dollars for online. It's more than that. How much was it? It was like two hundred dollars. Why did you buy it? I tried to cancel my order and they wouldn't it's let just, me. It's been sitting in this I box know. for ten years, and it's worth. It's actually worth money. I need to. I need to sell it. If you know anybody <laughs> looking to buy one, please. Let How me much know. is it? Is it worth? Uh, I think a little bit more than I paid for it. All right. Well, get on it, Tom. I, you know what the problem is? I got to find a box this thing's going to fit in. It's in a box. No, that box is part of the collectible uh, aspect of it, Tim. I ship it in that box. Where are you out of your mind? Um, uh, ship it in the box after it's already paid for. Nothing they can do about it. No, they they can't, Tim. They can say, we're not going to give you that money anymore. No, after they pay you, Tom. Uh, Tim, due to the number of fans and the Rolling Stones' reputation as short-tempered hotel records, wreckers, 14 hotels in New York City turned them away in 1966. These guys couldn't get a hotel to stay in. Mm-hmm. But I just think about like, man, imagine working in that hotel and like these fans show up and they're like fucking crazy. They're crazy. And you're like, oh, you're like you're they're probably all wearing like double shifts, like getting into like physical altercations with fans and everything. And then they're like, oh, all right. Finally, these guys are gone. <laughs> they go in their hotel room and everything's just demolished. <laughs> that must have sucked. Yeah. Must have been like these guys have ruined my life. <laughs> Like, this is the hardest week I've ever had at work trying to uh, stop would-be assassins from getting to the, these Assass- guys' think, rooms. Wait, you thought all the people that showed not up were trying them, to assassinate the Not all of them, but I'm sure some of them. 
Tom, how many people were looking to assassinate the Rolling Stones? It only in took one for uh, John Lennon. Yeah, and that was that was twenty years after it was outside the Dakota Hotel. <laughs> yeah, it was also a hotel, and probably by then they had gotten too complacent. They thought nobody's trying to assassinate us anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was one guy that was trying to assassinate him in twenty. The guy years. at Altamont was trying to assassinate him too. No, he wasn't. The guy that the that the uh, the Hell's the, Angels stabbed. Yeah, he had a gun. He had a revolver, and he was there to kill the Rolling Stones. He was trying to get on stage with a revolver, so now, I you wouldn't were put it past him. The the Hell's Angels side of the story here. <laughs> yeah, well, they're good men. <laughs> they're just wrongly uh, uh, looked upon by society. Have you ever seen uh, Give Me Shelter? I haven't. No, I've heard the song. Yeah, I know. You heard all of that. I was written too. Yeah. Have you ever seen him, <clears throat> Cocksucker Blues? Uh, Tim, uh, very few people have seen Cocksucker it's Blues. It's not true that it, very few people have seen it. I, uh, are there bootlegs floating yeah, around out there? Can I watch blues. Cocksucker Blues anytime I I'm want? I'm sure you can get it on the internet. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, should look. I tried to look on YouTube. But uh, I, I think YouTube in general doesn't want anything with cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, like, if you, if you search if, your pirate you ex- sites. You yeah. Gotta, can you explain what it is for people that uh, it was a rolling might not be Stones heads like us? It was a Rolling Stones tour documentary. Tim, we're such big Stones heads that uh, people confuse us with those guys from Easter Island. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke, Tom. I enjoyed that. Um uh, it was a documentary, and that was also, uh, it was like, there were just kind of cameras around, and the idea was like, hey, anyone want to pick up a camera and shoot whatever's going on? Yeah, it was 1972. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, it's surprising that people did, because the other things that were around to pick up and use were uh, like heroin and cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, backstage parties. You could see Mick Jagger snorting cocaine, mm-hmm. roadie and groupie antics. Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny because like a lot includes a groupie in a hotel room injecting heroin. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's funny and also like a lot of the stuff that was taboo is like you could see him smoking grass. Yeah. Um, so the Stones were like, you can't release this. And, uh, Which is very funny because it's like, well, what do you guys think was going to happen if you were shooting heroin <laughs> in front of a movie camera? Right. It's um, not like those things were quiet back then. It was somebody was like, oh, I'll discreetly f- uh, film this uh, this little candid scene. Let me turn the camera on. A, <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was directed by this guy Robert Frank, mm-hmm. and then the Stones were like, "Hey, you can't, you can't do this." Yeah. Um, and uh, so there was a rule about the rule, how the movie could be shown. He, it could only be four times a year, at Robert, most. Yeah. yeah. Robert Frank. <laughs> there was no more, no less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert Frank had to be present in the building for all of the. And uh, it had to be in an archival setting, which I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I exactly think what. I think that means like you can't, can't you can't be like Radio City Music Hall, yeah, Cocksucker yeah. Blues. I'll be you know backstage or whatever. And of course, the lovely Rockettes. <laughs> Do it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, I just saw a bootleg of it uh, at uh, 
the Kim's video pop up what? at the Nighthawk. Uh, Did you call the police? No, it says like uh, this is only to be shown with Robert Frank in the room <laughs> on the cover. Oh, really? Yeah, as a but joke. they were sour. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that'd be cool, though. You buy a DVD and Robert Frank comes over to watch <laughs> it with you. Uh, I bet he's long dead. I mean, we have we have uh, friends of ours. Robert Frank, oh no, died, age 94 in uh, 2019. Yeah, well, nobody can see the movie anymore. Uh, we have friends of ours that, uh, that have a good story about like uh, them getting to see a movie, uh, like pre-release movie. I think maybe they were like part of in some small way or but like a studio person had to like bring it on DVD to their house and be there while they watch uh, it. Yeah. And then they like got really drunk like the studio person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not my story to tell. And I can't remember enough details about <laughs> it to repeat it. Cool story. Uh, Tim, have you ever seen the movie Free Jack? No, I've wow. seen New Jack City. Well, let me tell you about it after the plugs. Uh, if you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. Check out all our social media links there. You can follow me on social media networks if you're choosing, at Tom Reynolds. You can follow me at your pal Tim. Uh, and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guy, where you get books to podcasts every week. This week, we're wrapping up the book, The Time Machine. I keep wanting to say The Time Traveler, but that's a, he's the a character, character in, the in book, it. Yeah. yeah, well, no spoilers, but he's in it, too. Uh, you get that episode, all the old episodes of books of podcasts for one low price, uh, patreon.com slash complete guide, Tim free Jack. I remember seeing this movie. Are you looking it up? Is that what you're looking at? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking at on my phone <laughs> during the it's plugs, pornography. That's my time. You should to... be to look at your phone yeah. all day. I don't get to look at my phone and now do you know what, Tom? I seconds. don't get to look at my phone all day. You look at your phone all day. I don't look What's at my phone. What's your battery all... at right now? My battery is at 59%. Sounds like somebody's been using their phone today. Tom, I'll tell you, my phone charging uh-huh. is chaotic. I don't oh, like, really? I don't, I don't, don't charge, charge it, it overnight. And I use my <sighs> phone during the day. But like, I don't, I don't charge it at uh-huh. night. I, just, I let it ride. Uh-huh. Until it's dead, and yeah. Then like you I get it, it down. In? Like it'll get down to like nine percent. I'll be like, okay, and I'll like plug it in for like eight minutes, and it'll get up to like twenty five percent. It's 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 no good for your battery health either. Tom, too. I've had this phone since twenty eighteen. Wow, if you want to keep it, should be more careful. I'm gonna uh, hand it down to my great great grandson. <laughs> It's fine. He's he's already alive. He's in college <laughs> right now. Uh, I just remember. I remember seeing this movie Free Jack a few times. This movie Free Jack's fucking insane. Wait, you've seen the porno? No, it's not a porno. Uh, is this? Uh, I think it was 1992. It's because uh, I'm fascinated by Mick Jagger's uh, acting career. Right. And this is one of those movies. It stars Emilio Estevez, Rene Russo. I think Anthony Hopkins. Tony Hopkins in it. Yeah. And uh, Mick Jagger. And it is about uh, uh, Emilio Estevez being a race car driver in 1992. Gets into this like crazy like Formula One style racing accident where his car gets like ramped into a bridge and, you know, just like completely annihilated. Unbeknownst to everybody else. 
at the moment it of impact, Emilio Estevez is taken out of time and transported to 2009, uh, where it is, you know, the, the far future and rich people have people taken out of time right before they die, brought to the future so they can have their brains put inside those young people's bodies. Hmm. And Mick Jagger plays like, uh, kind of like the agent Smith, like the bad guy, the, the, the heavy, like the one that's hunting him. Cause like, Emilio, so he plays uh, Victor Vicendek. He does. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, he plays the Victor Vicendek <laughs> of the, of the movie. Uh, cause like Emilio Acevedo's character, of course, like he gets, he, he wakes up in the future and, you know, runs away and he has to be hunted down. And, uh, I believe Mick Jagger does an American accent in it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also in this film, mm-hmm. David, jo- uh, David Johansson. Buster Poindexter. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I meant to say, that also Buster Poindexter's yeah. in it. Yeah, uh, it's a real uh, who's who of musicians. Jonathan Banks from uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. And yeah. as Mike, the role of newswoman, uh-huh. Jerry Hall. Wow. Huh. Hmm? Wonder if that's how they met. No, they met in 1979. <laughs> no, a lot of people met on the set of Free Jack. Free Jack. Um, I just remember like seeing bits of it as a kid. I feel like not. I feel like it was just always on in Blockbuster Video. And, I've never even heard of it. And just movie. being so confused about what this movie was about. Huh. Anyway, I recommend it. Check it out, everybody, in honor of. Uh, uh, Mick Jagger's 80th birthday or hey. something you'd rather you do than watch uh, Free Jack. Um, he has since said he would have turned it down if he uh, had been given a few months to read the script. A few months? How and bad of a reader it. he is, <laughs> <I> is he? <laughs> How bad of a reader he is. <laughs> All right, Tom, we're, uh, we've gone over. We'll do uh, more Mick Jagger talk next week. Um, until then... Happy birthday, Mike. And uh, hey, stay sexy. We all think you're very uh, sexy this, up there on stage. It is a sexy strut. The older you get, the sexier that strut gets. Those, uh, we love it. Skin and bones strutting around. Scaring the hell out of everyone. <laughs> Scaring the shit out of your young son. <laughs> See you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. I'm Tobin Heath, two-time World Cup winner. And I'm Kristen Press, two-time World Cup winner. And this is The Recap Show. This is the first time we'll be watching the World Cup in over a decade. We know we're not alone with how we feel about the way people talk about women's sports. We want to be part of the solution. Having been there many times before ourselves, Tobin and I are going to bring to you what it's like to play in a World Cup, what's really happening behind the scenes, all the good juicy bits. The Recap Show will bring you gal culture at its finest. We all know what bro culture is, but what is gal culture? We're here to define it. We have incredible guests joining us. You're going to get the strongest perspective, the strongest minds the game has to offer. This is our narrative, our culture, and we get to tell it our way. Nobody can speak about the World Cup better than us. You'll hear it all on The Recap Show. Premiering July 20th, you're going to find The Recap Show everywhere. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, threads, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Recap. Welcome to the show. I love Jay.